Are you interested in cracking the customer code? You've got customers, and we will help you work with them to deliver a great experience to grow your business. I'm Jeannie Walters. And I'm Adam Taporic. Join us as we learn from those business leaders who get it. And a few who don't. And together, we'll crack the customer code. Welcome to Episode 3 of Crack the Customer Code. How are you today, Jeannie? I'm great, Adam. How are you? I am wonderful. we got a very exciting episode today. We do. First thing we're going to do is talk about something that is near and dear to ever, every customer-facing <laughs> professional's heart. And what's that? Crazy customers. Oh, I love crazy customers. They, they do the best uh, stories for us. <laughs> they do create the best stories. And you know there's a nice crazy and there's not so nice crazy. So the, the hmm. first one's sort of fun. But we'll, we'll get into that in the first segment. What do we got for a guest today? We have Mari Lundgrath, and she's awesome because she started a company called Foiled Cupcakes. And you'd nice. think it would be like a bakery like everybody else, but they have no storefronts. They've done everything through social media and through really making a distinct customer experience and focusing on how to really deliver on that. So it's really cool. She's a great person, too. Cool. You know what I heard? Cupcakes. <laughs> they are amazing, by the I'm way. I'm excited. Yeah. Too bad you're not in Chicago. <laughs> yes, too bad. Too bad I'm not in the studio. Hopefully you're going to get some. <laughs> They're really good. So we're also going to talk about Southwest Airlines and how they are listening to us even when we think they're not. They're kind really? of like the NSA, only they're nicer. <laughs> or, or, or Google. <laughs> or Google or so many others. Yeah, yes. we uh, are going to talk about their new listing center and how that's benefiting customers and some of the innovations around that because it's it's really awesome. And I love them anyway. They're, they always provide a great customer experience for me. Yeah, I think everybody's got a great Southwest story. I think so. Love you, Southwest. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So w customers, they're just – cuckoo sometimes. So <laughs> what <laughs> what can we do about this? How can we help our people who are working with customers? How can we help others who have to deal with this deal with the crazy customers in our lives? What do you think, Adam? Well, first of all, let's uh, do the cor the correct thing and say, you know, we're using crazy colloquially. We're not talking about people that actually have mental illness and so <laughs> right. forth or being disparaging in any way. Um, but, you know, everybody who works facing customers does talk mm -hmm. about crazy customers. You know, they are just cray cray. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah, it happens. So it's very interesting because one of the things I do when I train, when I talk to, you know, especially frontline, you know, people that are in the trenches mm -hmm. is. There is no cure. Okay. <laughs> I, I hate to break it uh -oh. to you. Okay. That's the definition of crazy, right? They're really, they're not really connected mm -hmm. to some of the solutions. Now, what there is, is a whole host of techniques and approaches that make it better. Because one of, one of the downsides, one of the sort of traps you have to watch out for with a customer, even a nice one, you know, some are sort of nice crazy, some are not so nice crazy, right? You know, one of the things you have to watch out for is making it worse. So and how would you make it worse? Saying the wrong things, using the wrong mm, language, not mm -hmm. listening enough, telling your, you know, all, all these sort of reactions a lot of frontline reps do, which is, you know, talking over them and telling them, oh, no, 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 we didn't do that. We did this. Right. That kind of stuff, right? You've got to listen. You've got to figure out what's really bothering them. Because one of the things when you talk about a customer like this, they tend to be all over the place, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, well, wait, hold on. Are you mad about that? Are you mad about that? Are you mad about all of it? That's what true. What really matters. And it takes really great listening skills to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think it takes a minute to make sure that you're hearing what they want you to hear. Right. 
because sometimes they're having a bad day and they're spouting about everything and your one issue is in the middle of all that. So you're right. It takes a lot of listening to do that. Right. And then you've got to depersonalize. Okay. It's rarely personal. Sometimes it is. they're mad mm-hmm. at you because you, you, they think you did something, but it's rarely personal. Mm-hmm. Usually they're mad about what happened or what they perceived to happen. And you've, you know, you've got to sort of take a deep breath and tone down that sort of flight or fight mm-hmm. kind of approach, which is the natural reaction if somebody's yelling at you right. or somebody's just really, you know, being aggressive towards you. So that's a big key. One of the keys to it is depersonalize and be, you know, take a calm approach. That's a real, really good piece of advice. There's a great quote I like. I can't remember who said it, which is, you are not responsible for your customer's mental state. Oh. <laughs> right? I love it. Yeah. I mean, you're really not. You're not. You can't tell, you can't fix them being in this certain headspace at any given moment. Right. But you, the only thing you can do is adapt to it and adjust and work around it. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think a lot of times customers are crazy because they're so frustrated because they've been through all the other channels. So by the time they reach that point, whoever that poor person is, that customer facing person, uh, they have to deal with all that frustration that was built up. So absolutely depersonalizing is a huge part of that of realizing it's not you. It's this whole thing that got messed up. Right. And you actually taught in the chapter in my book, I talked about that where it's, you know, the person went through this and this and this Mm -hmm. and the the last rep in line doesn't understand why the person blew up at them. Right. Because they just got on the call, but they didn't, they don't understand this customer has been dealing with us for two weeks, dealt with six different departments. Yep. And finally blew up, and you know this poor agent's going, "Hey, wait, what I do? I said hello." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. That's <Yeah>. enough. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. Cool. So the key: depersonalize, mm-hmm. be calm, use language, and most important, most important customer service skill of all: listen. There you go. Great advice, Jeannie. I've heard that you're like some kind of customer experience investigator. That's right. Tell me about that process. We have a process called the CXI. Uh, evaluation. And what we do is literally walk through the customer shoes in as many ways as we can. Uh, But what makes it different is instead of relying on surveys and the analytics and the data that a lot of other people are really good at, we really go for those qualitative moments that can make a big difference. So we walk through a specific process from the user's perspective, anywhere from I need to do XYZ online to I need to follow up on this bill and come back and and really share those stories on a very personal level with our clients. So they get it. So they internalize it and make the changes they need to make. You can find us at 360 Connect, which is 360-C-O-N-N-E-X-T.com. And you can learn about it there and sign up for our newsletter and all those good things. So we have our guest today is Mari Luangrath. Yes, Mari Luangrath. She's amazing. She started... I know her because she started this company called Foiled Cupcakes in Chicago. And the only thing they use is social media for advertising. That's it. That's all they've ever done. That's awesome. And Mari grew the business to revenue numbers 600% higher than originally projected and continues to use social media to track corporate customers. But one of the things I love about her is that she's totally focused on customer experience. So we're really excited to have you here today, Mari. Thank you for having me. Well, we're thrilled to talk to you because you've got such a great story. And I've known you for a while because Foiled Cupcakes is known in Chicago, and so are you, uh, because you started it with just social media. That's right. So tell us more about that. It was only social media. Why did you make that decision? 
You know, it really wasn't a conscious decision. I wish I could say that it were. <laughs> um, it was one of these things. It was kind of the right place at the right time. And I actually had a really um, frustrating conversation with one of my very close friends who ended up becoming one of our first employees. And I said to her, you know, I have this idea for this business. Um, it's a cupcake business. I want to do a cupcake shop. And the place where I was looking to have this storefront, um, this cupcake shop open right next door. Oh, nice. So I said, oh, well, okay, that's going to be a little bit more challenging than I had originally anticipated. And so she, you know, we went out to dinner and we were brainstorming and she said, you know, have you thought about using Twitter or Facebook to try to just generate some buzz around what you're doing and maybe talk to some people and see if, you know, what you're doing would, you know, resonate with them? And I said, well, that's really a dumb idea, Amy. <laughs> I don't really think that social media is going to go anywhere. I think Facebook is pretty cool to connect with your old high school friends, maybe. <laughs> and Twitter is for people who want to tweet out what they had for breakfast. Oh. And I'm not really interested in hanging out on that. <laughs> so um, she's like, I don't know. You should just give it a shot. So literally that night I went home and I created a profile. And I set it up and I started just sitting there because I wasn't following anybody. I wasn't, <laughs> you know, listening to anybody. I wasn't interacting. So I had no idea what to do. Um, and then the story goes that uh, a good friend of mine was tweeting and connecting that to Facebook. So I asked him, hey, what do you know about this stuff? And he kind of filled me in on a lot of the ins and outs. of. And, and you got to think this is back in 2009, you mm -hmm. know, so it was very new. And um, so it was literally just by having a conversation with someone, being incredibly skeptical and just jumping right into it and seeing how it would go. This is um, blowing my mind right now because <laughs> I think we met around 2009 and I believe we met through Twitter. Yeah. And so you yeah. were like all over it. So yeah. this is this is crazy that you were so skeptical about it. Oh, I was super skeptical. And, you know, everybody, I, I, I would call myself the latest adopter. Um, you know, everyone's <laughs> an early adopter. I'm like, no, I'm the latest one. I'll see how it plays out first, and then I'll jump on. So that's pretty much what I did. And, um, you know, but, but once I got really comfortable with it and I started realizing, oh, there's a strategy here, and there's definitely a way that we can – beat other people to this game, mm -hmm. um, beat our competitors and be more on top of things, be much more responsive. Um, I know that you guys are really interested in talking about customer service. So like, you know, we were solving problems and answering questions before people even knew they had them. Mm. Um, just using this social media platform, which kind of emerged right at the cusp of when, you know, email was starting to become a little bit more it was just a little slower and, you know, you were getting bogged down with so many emails. And so this just became a really great, easy replacement for it. And if I'm not mistaken, you did this without storefronts. Yeah, we still don't. To this day, we don't have That's any storefronts. Yep. So everybody so you finds you through social media still. Yes. Uh-huh. And we actually, um, we were very specific about who we targeted um, in terms of conversations. Mm -hmm. So we were very, um, that's probably why I connected with you, Jeannie, was because I said, oh, this looks like a girl who is, you know, in my demographic. She is in Chicago. She's a woman between the ages of 18 and, you know, 50. And um, she's active on this platform in this space. And so I probably should get to know her. So that's mm -hmm. probably how we connected was probably because I tapped you and said, Hey, mm -hmm. and I referenced some tweet that you had just posted or something. <laughs> so was that a strategy you used was to actually proactively sort of watch social and, you know, proactively reach out to new customers? Um, it wasn't necessarily to reach out to new customers. It was, um, I had just finished reading the tipping point 
And so my strategy at that po- at that time was probably to more reach out to the connectors and figure out who has a big following, who is going to be an influencer in this space. And it was mostly to find those people um, and then get them to talk about us so we didn't have to. And people do talk about you guys because the cupcakes are delicious. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I guess that helps, huh? It, it helps better than selling you know, cupcakes that taste like crap. So. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, I like that Jeannie said that because, you know, it was sort of looking at, you know, you've obviously been very successful. You've done it without a storefront. Uh, product quality, you can't get around. So obviously you have that. So how do you, how have you used social since it's been really a socially driven, you know, customer relationship? How have you used that to be a competitive advantage over, you know, somebody who does have a storefront? Yeah, of course. So, I mean, uh, I think one of the biggest time sucks of having a storefront obviously is running that storefront and you have to deal with the customers that come in and out and you don't really get to pick and choose who those customers are, you know? Um, whereas with us, we're able to more proactively reach out to the customer base that we choose to work with, which, um, at the very beginning, yeah, we were just trying to get our name out there and now we're being much more proactive in reaching out to our kind of bread and butter, which is corporate accounts and reaching out to them over LinkedIn or finding them on Twitter and starting a conversation with them. Um, we do a lot of stuff just offline, um, now doing LinkedIn searches and then having emails back and forth. And so we, um, I would say that we stay ahead of the game in terms of, you know, what our, our competitors or who, you know, you might think our competitors are like other cupcake shops, for example, um, you know, we're we're definitely going after the segment that's going to bring us, um, I guess, the most revenue and the most bang for our buck. And, um, you know, maybe other people are doing that, too. Uh, at this point, I would hope that they are. <laughs> um, in terms of customer service, one of the great memories that I have from the very beginning um, was having somebody tweet us and say, hey, is it possible for us to get four dozen cupcakes to my son's school? I need cupcakes, um, you know, today to my son's school, he's turning 12. And one of our great Twitter followers, Mike, said, hey, you should ask Foiled Cupcakes. And so basically through that, we were able to connect and deliver cupcakes in two hours to this um, this guy's son's school. And so I just feel like, oh, you know, we're, we're able to meet the demand as it happens almost in real time. And I feel like if you're on top of your game and you're watching this stuff, then there's going to be ways for you to fill holes that maybe your competitors aren't paying attention to. Mm-hmm. That's a great, great point. And can I ask about your team a little bit? How many people do you have dedicated to just, you know, interacting with customers in this way? Um, we only have two of us, actually. That's Our amazing. team is really small. Um, we uh, have six of us total mm-hmm. and we're all in different aspects. So there are two people on pastry. Um, and then there are four of us who handle customer service and events. And so, um, between the latter two of us who do, like, I still do the social media and Susan does mm-hmm. some of it too. Um, you know, we're, we're very, I think, more proactive now than we were in the past. Before, we were very reactive whenever someone would tweet us and someone would message us on Facebook asking us a question, we would always respond and we'd always respond very promptly. But now we're going out and seeking the right people to um, to match our offer. That's great. Well, I love this story and I think you're great because you really do walk the talk of uh, delivering an exceptional customer experience. Everything that I've ever seen from you guys has been fantastic. So keep up the good work. Thank you. And I've got one more question before we wrap up. Uh-huh. There's a rumor out there, Mari, that cupcakes are over. 
Oh, yes. <laughs> this rumor has been floating around since, I think, 2006. So you're so, not yeah. intimidated, huh? <laughs> no, you know, what's interesting is I think that, um, you know, cupcakes, oh, sure, whatever, the trend <laughs> may be over. But the point is, hey, are you a savvy enough business person to be able to find different ways and be agile enough to target different places, you know? Yeah. So maybe maybe the cupcake trend is over among, you know, people who want one cupcake at a time. Um, right. If you're constantly, you know, iterating and finding new ways to make your product new and fresh, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think it'll be tough to stay in business as long as you're on top of your game and can adapt. Well, that's great advice for any business, I'd say. Yep. And I can assure you the cupcake trend is not dead at my house. So if you want to send any down to Florida, (laughs) we are waiting. Yep, be happy to. (laughs) Well, this was great. Thank you so much for taking the time for us. And, you know, we can all learn from what you guys have done. And I look forward to my next foiled cupcake. They're always outstanding. Thank you so much. (laughs) All right. Take care, Mari. Thanks again. Bye-bye. Thank you, Mari. So, Adam, I heard about something called the customer conversation that you're involved with. What is that? That is my e-newsletter, and we send it out twice a week, and hopefully you've been getting it for years. Of course. What we do with the customer conversation is it's very much centered around customer experience and customer service, and we look at different things each week, and you get a really cool ebook called The Seven Secret Customer Service Techniques Every Expert Knows, and you get that right when you sign up. Hmm, cool. That sounds important. It is. You know, it really talks about like the different ways customer service people approach customer customer service and it sort of encapsulates the obvious things that get forgotten Hmm. so anyways if you want to get seven secret customer service techniques every expert knows join the customer conversation just go to customerebook.com again that is customerebook.com cool so you know what was really interesting about that last interview is you know how much she's using social media for customer experience Mm -hmm. now i know you fly a lot genie you're out you're speaking you're doing stuff and one of the companies that's always been really impressive about you know, not just social media for customer experience, but customer experience is Southwest Airlines. That's right. Yeah. They're- Tell us a little bit about some of the stuff they're doing. I know you're a huge Southwest fan. We actually took a Southwest flight together. We did. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, I sure do. Uh, so, yeah, Southwest has been known for really providing an exceptional customer experience and focusing on customers. They have, you know, I heart customers all over. I love customers. And they're doing something now, which is taking that idea of a social media or a listening command center, which a lot of folks are doing, and they're moving it into the right direction. And what I mean by that is a lot of those social media command centers were set up by marketing firms, and they were focused on what are people saying that we can leverage in marketing, or what are people saying that we have to avoid a PR catastrophe, that type of thing. And what Southwest is doing is they're, they created a really impressive listening center where they're looking for references to Southwest. They're looking for customers who are talking about uh, their flights, making sure that they're getting what they need. And then they're using them incredibly proactively. It's so impressive. So one of the things they're doing is looking for complaints about delays and things like that. They've actually had situations where people on planes are saying, oh, we're delayed 20 minutes or 30 minutes, and there's enough people complaining. By the time that flight lands, those people have all gotten messages saying, we're sorry about the delay, have a free drink on us on your next flight, or you know, some sort of reward or perk. 
personalized for them, but sent so that by the time they get off the plane of where they're going, it's already taken care of. It's resolved even before it was a real issue. That's pretty amazing. I mean, that's what we're looking for, right? Is that proactive customer experience. Well, exactly. And that goes back to that flight you and I took. Remember the Wi-Fi was broken. That's right. So we were on the, and you know, I had, I had purchased a Wi-Fi and mm-hmm. it worked just long enough to take my credit card. Right. <laughs> <But> not, <laughs> not long enough for me to actually do anything with it. Yeah. Um, so blah, blah, blah. And it, it wasn't as responsive as like when I got off the plane, mm-hmm. but you know, within a few days they had that's figured right. out that that's, there was a Wi-Fi problem. It had been reported back and I got a credit without me having to call, without me having to ask. Yep. I, I got that fee credited. It was, it was really amazing. Well, and I, I love something they did recently where the, there was a random guy, not necessarily a Southwest guy, just a, an airline passenger who started this hashtag called carry on shame. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we watch all these people shove these huge bags into the, you know, into the luggage bins and they're saying that they're a carry on when they're really not. So he, he encouraged people to take pictures and hashtag carry on shame. So it was trending for a while. Southwest picked that up as trending and realized that that's a huge benefit that they offer the two bags fly free. So they used it as a marketing thing, but it was kind of watching what people were already using and watching how they could uh, have that camaraderie with these passengers and saying with Southwest two bags fly free, you never have carry on shame. And I thought that was really clever too. They're doing a lot of really neat proactive things with their listening. So I'm okay with them listening to me. <laughs> but that's cool because, you know, so yeah, and you have to because you can't always find a conversation that's relevant to your business. So all these businesses are out there trying to create conversations with customers. Right. But they were also listening to the conversations that were already going on. That's right. Listening. Yeah, and it was all about listening today, wasn't listening. it? Listening. Was, this was a listening episode. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, I flew a budget carrier. So I had this really the opposite experience. Okay. So I th- flew this budget carrier recently, my wife and I. Tickets for like, I don't know, 70 bucks or something. Mm. And we expected some fees. We knew there was going to be a couple of fees, right? By the time we were done, they were close to $250 each. Ah, uh, I think I know who you're talking about. It was insane. They actually charge you for the seats. Yep. Yeah. And so when we're there, this is even better. So we're there, we're on the getting ready for the first flight, we're checking in, and at least they were proactively warning about this. I'll give them credit for that. They're telling the guy in front of us, hey, by the way, print your boarding pass at the hotel because starting on Saturday, we're going to start charging $5 to print the boarding passes here. Holy cow. <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> and with Southwest, you just flash your phone. They've got the mobile boarding pass. So exactly. Southwest trans- wins again. <laughs> it's transparent. Yeah, absolutely. So very cool. So what did we learn today? I think it was all about listening. It was all about listening to your customers and what they want. And Mari has done such a great job with that, with her company, Foiled Cupcakes. She was such a great guest. And really, we're, I mean, if if we could have all the business leaders and all the customer-facing pros out there just focus on listening, that would go so far, wouldn't it? It would be amazing. Speaking of listening, thank you so much for listening. This was episode three of Crack the Customer Code. Please subscribe to our podcast if you've enjoyed it. And please, only if you've enjoyed it, leave a review <laughs> on iTunes. Uh, for today's show notes, please go to crackthecustomercode.com. And until next week, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Dot com.